Shut up and sit down. Alright, welcome to our very first broadcast of Business Bros. My name is Hernan Cias, and I'm here with... James Cias. And Notice we're, the last names. Notice the last names, because we're Cias first. We're going to name this episode, Who Are We? Because I figure most people want to know, well, who the F are these guys? That's what I want to know. Yeah, I want to know that too. All right, so a little bit about me, my background. Let's see, I have, I'm, I'm what I would call a certification junkie. Let's see, let's start from the beginning. I got my tax license back in 2006. I've had a tax practice since then. Um, shortly after that, I got a life license, and then I got my degree in accounting, and then I got a teaching credential in mathematics, and uh, I think that's about it, right? Oh, and then I got my real estate license. Yeah, that's 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 me in a nutshell. That's my background and education. Thomas? So basically, you have a little bit of knowledge in everything. You know, there is uh, that old jack-of-all-trades, master of none. But yeah. oftentimes better than master of one. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I, I, I definitely am not... The master of any single one of those, but I have enough knowledge to make myself dangerous in every single one of those. So you can't but pull also the wool trustworthy too. Definitely, definitely, definitely so, trustworthy too. I mean, I, I just want to know, you know, like I want to know. I spend if if I had a number one hobby of all time, it'd be generate like getting knowledge. Like I, I cast the net out into a bunch of different fields, and I'm gonna pull stuff in. So I'm never starving when it comes to uh, education and knowledge. Never starving, but always look, always thirsting. Always thirsting. Hey, <laughs> cheers to that, my friend. Cheers to that. So tell me a little bit about your education, James. I'm a little bit different from you. I am not a certification junkie. I am more of a master of one. Uh, and that one for me is uh, insurance, specifically property and casualty. Or for those of you not in the know, I do your auto insurance, your home insurance, and your business insurance. So uh, that is my background when it comes to uh, professional certifications. However, you did go to college. However, I did go to college. I did get learned. I did get learned. I went to uh, National University, got my uh, business, I'm sorry, bachelor's in business administration, have a focus in, con I'm sorry, concentration in finance and in project management. So I'm using that part of the degree to build this insurance business. All of the project management stuff came heavy into play when it came to building this business and putting those processes and procedures together. The finance side of it I use in uh, trading options, specifically stock options and uh, ETF options. And uh, what else? Besides that, eight years in the Navy taught me a lot. You know what's funny is is um, when I talk to, uh, you know, the normies, you know, people who aren't in the world of finance and money, and I have my lexicon of, of things that I talk about, I know to them it sounds like Chinese, right? But but to me, it's it all makes sense. But then I hear you talk about stocks and options, and it's Chinese to me. None of it makes sense. Like, it's, it's crazy. But, I mean. But that's the truth in any field that you work in. You know, you read enough about a certain uh, topic and there's a specific language to everything. 
you being a jack of all trades as you are, there is a specific language when it comes to taxes. There's a specific language when it comes to real estate. There's language for all these different fields that you work in. And if you don't know the language, you can't communicate with the people and you can't learn from them. You know, it's, it's true. And, and the funny thing about what I do is I feel even though, you know, I'm, I have a degree in accounting, even though I have that real estate license, even though I can talk taxes, even though I can talk insurance and re- retirement planning, all these different topics that I can talk about. It's funny because when I sit down and talk to a client, I feel more like a therapist than anything else. Like you're going to sit and when I sit down with you, you're going to tell me, you know, I, and it's, it's like tax season every year. I sit down with the client and the first question I ask was, how was your year? <laughs> and they open up. And they tell me everything from I got a divorce or I got married, uh, my spouse died, or I had a new baby. A lot happens in a year. A a lot happens in a year, and it's really a therapy session. And I'm taking in this whole story and trying to figure out what's the best path forward for this particular client, specifically when it comes to money. You know, I mean, it's almost, and I can understand why people sometimes think it's a little cold-hearted, but that's that's my thing. That's what you come to me for. Well, money's is, money is just numbers. Right. Numbers have no feelings. They don't have feelings. But it's funny because they have a lot of feelings. So I mean, I mean, being Mexican, they can cause a lot of they feelings. Can cause but a lot the of numbers feelings. themselves don't have feelings. Very true. Very true. I mean, we're 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 we come from a, a Mexican background, and 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 oftentimes what I find in in our culture at least is we're a lot like you know that that crabs in the bucket type mentality. Where, you know, as soon as one of us is successful, the other ones are trying to bring them down. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's true. And, and and it's not, you know, it's not with everybody, but it is part of our ingrained culture. Like, you're, how dare you, like, become successful in any way? Like, that's... Well, now you think you're better than me? Now you think you're better than me? Exactly. And and that's not the point. You know, the point is I'm trying to better myself so I can help more people. And, and you know, you do see that aspect of it, but by the same token, it's kind of tough to you know, start with that aspect of it. You don't actually see it until we sit down and start talking about your situation and how we can make yourself better. You know, once we open up and I, I break down the, that wall brick by brick, then you see the opportunity that I have or I'm presenting or I'm trying to show you the path forward, but it's not always clear cut at the very beginning. And that's one of the big parts about everything that we do is being able to get people to open up to you, to trust you. Yeah. The moment people trust you, then they can do business right before that point you know you're nothing but a greedy slimy oily salesperson right 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 and you know it's it's tough you know i mean um so even though i have all those licenses i'm trying to break down and and give myself an identity what is what am i in and honestly honestly i think i'm in therapy and education because you know i'm going to hear out your problems and then i'm going to educate you in the best way forward when it comes to your money and hopefully you take that path forward and, and, you know, we start working on things going in a positive direction rather than a stagnant one, you know, because mm-hmm. oftentimes, you know, even even when I give people advice, it's not always a an action step. It's a uh, if you do this, you know, if you do a you can get to B, but, you you know, oftentimes with clients, it's like I never get past a. <laughs> right. So it's it's a little tough, but um you know, uh, what about, uh, let's, let's move on a little bit here. What, what, you know, what makes us any different? What about our investment experience? Investment experience? We got quite a bit of that. Uh, I mean, we're 34, 35 years old. We have been in the investment, uh, what do you call it? Field, I guess, whatever, 
uh, for let's see, I'm gonna 15 be years, something like that. Let's see, I'll be 36. Like, oh man, like in a few weeks, <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> Birthday. You know, a lot of people are gonna be listening to this and be thinking, oh, you're so young. Yeah, yeah, 36. So, yeah, 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 36. You're right. You're right. 36 we're good. Ain't bad. We're good. Okay. Yeah. So 36 is the new. So if 20. you think you're right, you're right. So if we're if I'm gonna be 36, I bought my first property right before I turned 21. I think it was like April. My birthday's in August. So yep. we, we closed in April on our very first property when I was 20. That's 16 years ago. So it's crazy. And, and you know, I, I tell people all the time, you know, hey, the first time you buy a property is when you enter the world of finance because oh, you're everything flips on you. You you go from an you go from being uh, 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 1040 easy type taxpayer to becoming a schedule a because now you're going to itemize things <laughs> right even though the whole law changed and everything's going to change for next year but you you flipped you you become a whole new individual it's almost like you stepped into you were a little kid and now you grew up you know you, you you've stepped out of mom and dad's home and now you have your own home that's true but i'm not going to limit it to just buying your first property because there's a lot of things that you can do that are going to affect your 1040 easy and turn it into a schedule a you could start trading stocks right. that early that you could true. start a business that young absolutely true so any of those things are going to change it but absolutely for us it was it was that first property it was i mean uh that that was just the teaser right i mean i mean we partially part of it was luck it was partially luck and then part of it was we can see the writing on the wall something's going to happen and then the other part is we actually took action to make it happen, yeah, right? Well, once so we got ourselves a little bit educated, yeah. right? Once we got a li ourselves a little bit educated, and then after that, it was buy the next property, flip the next property, do the next thing, and where we are where we are today. But how um, many properties do we own today? Today we have let's see, we have Sandy. not counting the one you live in, not counting the one I live in. We have the duplex in Texas, we have three in Alabama, and then we have Maryland. Maryland, so five properties five right now. Five properties rental. Right now. Okay. rental properties and i mean that's a start and our goal is to continue to buy more and more every year but uh, you know we listen to a lot of podcasts uh real estate related and you can definitely get overwhelmed and even intimidated i know i do by some of these podcasts out here that you hear people talking about uh buying and selling and flipping a hundred homes a year that is scary it is it is i mean don't get me wrong some people got it down to a science and that's that's great, but the success rate and the failure rate, I mean, we've had a number of success flips and we've had like one failure and the one failure like really Cost costs you, you know what I mean? When you make a mistake in, in investing, sometimes it can be expensive and, you know, but, but those are the things that, you, you know, I, it, Will Smith is, you know, one of my favorite actors. It's because you look like him. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> okay, well, mainly, main, but but he has a lot of different videos that he puts out. And one of the things that I saw in one of his videos was fail often and fail forward. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it was expensive on that one flip when we lost on that one, one transaction. But we did. And we're, the, the fact that we took action is different from not taking action. Absolutely. In action, you didn't learn anything. Action, we learned something. I mean that that Learned changed our that changed our whole investment strategy going forward for retirement, you Definitely know, and, did. and and it's just a different you know different mindset because we were active in the market. I mean, I, I don't know if that makes sense, but it's it's you know a lot of people see failure as 
I messed up. I should just never do this again. Let me just step away. Let me trust other people to do this. And, you know, I'm not going to do it anymore. We've never been that type. We take mistakes. We learn from them and we grow from them. And we're not afraid to continue to make mistakes. Yeah. yeah. We don't try to make them, but we we're definitely not afraid, not afraid of, them. of them. That's true. Very true. And that's a huge, that's, that's a mindset thing. I mean, and, and the, okay, that was real estate. We've made mistakes in business. We made mistakes in business too. Our very first business was a mistake. I mean, right, which from, one are you referring to? I'm talking about PC Cruisers. PC Cruisers, right? Oh, yeah. I, and that was a mistake from inception to destruction. <laughs> I mean, the whole thing Kinda was happened by mistake. It, yeah. That's what I'm saying. The whole thing was a mistake, right? But that was one of the greatest learn. I learned more in the development of that business, in the plateau of that business, in my ultimate failure in that business than I did in college. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it was probably more. Exp- it was definitely more expensive, but. <laughs> But it was, I mean, loads full of knowledge that I learned from Mm -hmm. there that I take into new businesses that we have and the ventures that we have today. Absolutely. So, I mean, it's just different. I mean, knowing then what I know now, of course, hindsight is always 20-20, right? I I would have made We always talk about that. Radio Shack would still be alive today (laughs) if I knew now what I knew then. Convinced. convinced. I'm 100% convinced. I, I mean... Let's talk about let's talk about uh, family where we come from a little bit. So uh, my current situation, I'm married. Uh, let's see, been married 2006, I think. 2006, 2006 I got married. So, so I was on 12 deployment. years, almost October, be 12 years married. Been with her 17 years overall. Whew. There you go. Jeez, I Long met time. her when I was 17. Oh, <laughs> all right. Well, ain't that a punch right. in the gut? So, all right. So, currently married uh, to wonderful, smart ass kids because they are smart, but they can be pain in the ass too. So, smart ass kids. I love They're them. Great. Um, and uh, that's They're me. great because I don't really have to deal with them that much. Uh, well, we got Katie. Yeah, we do have a Katie. Yeah. We do have a Katie. Katie. Oh, so that's my situation. Katie's my four-legged child. Yeah, she's and a, she's shedding a lot right now. She is, but yeah. yeah, she and and I'm Katie's favorite uncle. That's absolutely true. I mean, that dog. As soon as I get home, she does that little four-hop, skip, <laughs> step thing that she does. <laughs> All over that dog. She loves her uncle none. <laughs> All right. Uh, what about when we were growing up, dude? Growing up was that was. Picture perfect, I guess. I mean, to say the least. To say the least. Look, mom and dad, we know that you guys had your own issues. You know, I know I caused a lot of them. (laughs) But, uh, you know, on the outside. But you never really saw it. Definitely never saw it. I think I remember mom and dad fighting like twice in my life. Right. And like probably once was, yeah, you probably made them fight one time. And one time, I don't even remember what it was. I, honestly, I don't remember because they rarely brought it to the surface. Right. Because we know every couple has arguments. Of course. I mean, growing up, you know every couple has arguments. We just never saw it. Never saw it. Never saw it. But besides that, I mean, mom and dad were model citizens. Right? Beyond model citizens. I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure what I think I was 17 the first time I saw mom drink. 
She had a margarita at one of the Mexican restaurants in uh, Old Town. One margarita, and she was stumbling up the stairs. <laughs> I mean, did. you know, I'm I'm Navy trained, so one margarita is you like, got you got an iron liver. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got a good trained liver. Thank you, Adam. <laughs> um, but you know, mom, dad never drank, never smoked. Still, I don't think I'll ever see mom and dad smoke anything. No. Um, what, I think, uh, we were like 13, I remember, I remember, uh, we were 13, we were gonna go watch Star Wars Episode 1, and we were walking towards, uh, the Edwards Theater in LA, and Dad said something, he said, ass, and he giggled. Yeah, dude! We were like, the five of us walking towards the, and he said something about being a smart ass or something like that, and he, <laughs> Yeah, like, like a little kid, dude. It was so funny. <laughs> so, yeah, mom and dad, I mean, mom, religiously, no pun intended, or maybe pun intended, uh, at church every Saturday. Every Saturday. Every single Saturday. We couldn't uh, watch Saturday morning cartoons, Seventh-day Adventist, by the way. We didn't play Pop Warner football because of that. We didn't play Pop Warner fr- football because of that. We didn't play baseball in, in, on Saturday mornings. On Saturday mornings. Because of that. We yep. were not allowed to. You remember going to church with a uniform under? Yep. Because as soon as <laughs> church was over, we're rushing to that field to get to to get to play our game. Dude, I wonder how guilty mom felt every Saturday when we wake up, right. put our baseball uniform on, throw our church clothes on top. Did did she feel guilty? In a way, yeah. In a way, I'm, like, I, dude, I, being a parent, if I knew my kid had that much passion to do something, like, how do I stop them? But she had to conflict between her belief in God and what she wanted for her kids. And, mm. and and she's weighing out. I know mom's weighing it out. She's like, I want my kids to go to heaven, and that's more important than baseball. That makes a lot of sense. Right? And yeah. so eventually we beat her her humanity down. And she, <laughs> uh, by the time we were, I don't know, I think I was 12 or 13 at the time. And and then she took her... Yeah. her sounds about right. It was about three years. Yeah. And, and she realized that, you know what, giving up... You know, a couple Saturday mornings to be out to support her kids mm-hmm. was more important than dragging them where they didn't want to be. Right, because all we would do was act up in church anyway to get out there as fast yeah. as possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and how many times? How many times were we acting up in church? Right. Yeah. And then we're like, okay, well, your mom's like, you're you're not going to your game. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but I mean, that was that was us growing up. So, morally, I guess we were rich. Morally, morally we, were rich, we were rich, dude. I mean, when it comes down to it, you know, the love that we got from mom and dad, the support that we got from mom and dad, uh, the and it wasn't just love and support, right? They also really gave us a lot of foundational structure and room to grow. Yeah. That's one of the big yeah. things that I really, really appreciate about the way mom and dad raised us is... The independence that we got as kids. You know, I mean, let's look at our grades, for example. Like, I was a straight-A student. You, you were not. <laughs> but, straight but, F, almost. But, like, they didn't crush you for getting bad grades. It was more like, okay, if this isn't your thing, what is? Yeah, that's true. And and that, that was totally, that's totally different than... You know, especially back then when, like, the internet didn't really exist mm-hmm. yet. You know, there wasn't anything... Other than what you were doing, which was pretty much 
wrestling <laughs> at the time. I mean, I don't. Well, that was high school. Yeah. yeah By yeah. the time we got to high school. But before that, it was just fighting. Fighting, you know? And, and But but that's really what they were. They're like, if that's not you, then what is you? And that's that's the kind of support that's, that's beyond. I mean, it, it trumps social norms. Like, you're supposed to go to school. You're supposed to get good grades. Mm-hmm. Why aren't you doing that? Well, go no, that way. Definitely got some of that, too. A little bit of that, but it was, but it wasn't as overwhelming as I, I as the pressure that I see on some of the, my students at school. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it definitely isn't. Oh, you by know? the way, that reminds me, you are a teacher. Yes. So for those who who didn't catch on to that, you are a teacher at one of the high schools here in San Diego. Math. I teach. I teach math. I teach ninth grade math, but I math, but I also teach financial algebra. So I get to teach kids, seniors, um, you know, right before they enter the real world. I get to teach them. All kinds of real life applicable things like like how, how to balance buy, a checkbook, how to balance a checkbook, what a mortgage is. I wonder how, how many people out there still balance a checkbook. Uh, not very many. But now you I gotta, do. Yeah, but you know what? There's an app for that. There's so an app for that. It's it's a whole different world. But I still try to go to the basics because the basics are always important. They're they're the core things. Like maybe, but see, you balance your checkbook, but at the same time, you use a spreadsheet. To check your budget right right so most of the kids that come into my class know what a spreadsheet is but have never used one <laughs> so by the time they walk out of my class hopefully they not only know what it is they know how to use it and they know what they're using it for right and you know that's kind of the key you also get to teach them the basics of insurance stocks Taxes, corporate structure, real estate structures. I mean, it's it's everything you need to go forward. Now, here's the downside: they're seniors. Do you remember being a senior in high school? You really don't care. Yeah, that's true. You really seniors really don't care about what happens after graduation. They care about getting to graduation. Depends on the senior and where they're at, and that's true. But those seniors are not in my class. <laughs> <laughs> the ones that are caring about after, and the, and those are usually you know, the ones that are going to a four year university. They're taking something like calculus. They're taking something like statistics, which being, are also important. But having been one of those seniors, by the way, my education when it came to high school, uh, you've heard us talk about. I didn't get very good grades. Non was a straight A student. He. You know, 4.0 pretty much all the way through high school. Me, on the other hand, the minimum in California at the time to graduate was 2.5 GPA. I had a 2.53. So I barely made it by the skin of my teeth. But I made it. But you remember, dad definitely remembers because he loves to tease me about it. It's being 17 years old. Just about ready to graduate, just a few months out. It was probably like February or March, and sitting in the living room, crying, bawling my eyes out because I have no idea what I'm gonna do after high school. Yeah, but that. But when did that happen? Oh, that was right before I graduated. That's right. So usually, when I have my seniors that walk into class, when they come in in August, they don't care. They don't care in no, not in December. They You're don't right. care in January. At they don't even point, care in March. It. It's probably the few weeks right before graduation when the reality of I'm about to be an adult sets in <laughs> that it matters. Wait, wait, wait. What did, every, what, what did Mr. Tia's just teach me? Right. Didn't right. he? Oh, crap. See, I knew I should have paid attention in that class. But you know what I do? Is the last few weeks of school, 
I make uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad's cash flow game. I make that my final test. And they have to get out of the rat race three times, choosing different professions. Hmm. Why? Because it forces them to balance an income statement. It forces them to understand the cash flow statement. And I can then, once they're able to get out, once they understand the concept of if I have enough income coming in that I'm not working for, that's when I get to get out of the rat race. That's when I get to retire. If they can at least take that concept with them into the real world, I win. Mm-hmm. Because they have a chance at winning in the game of life. Nice. And so that's that, you know, although I taught them everything else before that, if they can walk away at least with that, then I've opened their eyes to something in the future. You know, and that's kind of how I feel like mom and dad, at least, you know, mom, mom opened my eyes to the, the thought that I can be saved. Right. That there's something beyond this world, that there's something to be said for helping your fellow man. Yeah. Right. That's mm-hmm. what mom taught me. Mom taught me, be good to others. That's your job. Your job is to take care of other people. Because, you know, our house, when we were growing up, the door was always open. Everybody slept everywhere because there was always people at our house. And somehow, even though mom and dad didn't make a whole ton of money, there was always food in the fridge. There's always food in the fridge. So that's what mom taught us. Mm -hmm. Dad, dad taught us business, even though (laughs) he was horrible at it. But he opened, he, he basically, he gave us a taste. He's like, check this out. Try this, try this. He did. You know what I mean? And, and we tasted it, not knowing what it was. And when we went out looking in life for what we wanted, and we got a taste of our own of something we've had before, we were hooked. Yeah. And, and you know, but, but the seeds were planted when we were young. They were. They and, were. Uh, one of the first things that i remember doing with dad was going to the swap meet and he would buy cereal boxes for a dollar and then we would turn around and deliver cereal boxes around the neighborhood so we were you know nine like ten years walmart old. delivers or like uber eats or like amazon delivers right exactly way back before any of them started you mean in the 80s yeah in the 80s before <laughs> before the internet before the internet. So yeah, it was it was old school, you know, you walk around the neighborhood, you knock on some doors, you're like, hey, my name's James, my dad is trying to keep my butt out of trouble, because he knows that if I, you know, don't have something to do, I'm going to find the wrong people to hang out with. So one of the things that he's doing to keep me busy is having me sell cereal boxes, so would you like to buy some cereal from me? And they're like, hell yeah, I want to keep you out of trouble. <laughs> you know what's funny though, I mean... I could have been selling them... Ice. I could have been selling them anything. It didn't really matter. It's the fact that you were there putting making you're putting yourself out there. You were vulnerable. And you were willing to tell those people, help me with my product that can possibly help you. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's not like we were selling crap. You were selling cereal that people were gonna buy. You weren't buying off brand stuff. No, no, no. It definitely was, it name was brand. definitely name brand stuff. It was post and Kellogg's. It was the good stuff, right? <laughs> it was the, it was good, the good stuff. stuff. So it's not like the people weren't buying the stuff. But couple the product, the value of that product at the price they were getting it, along with the story, mm-hmm. and you have a winner. Absolutely. And that's the core that dad was always bringing to us. And it's funny because you talk about 
you know, I have that that poster right behind you, the traits of virality, making sure that your podcast or your your videos or whatever go viral. And one of the key things on it is tell a story and use an emotion. Mm-hmm. Right? If I can tell you a story and I make you feel something, you're going to come back for more. By the way, that whole pitch, all dead. Yeah, all dead. Look, go to the neighbors, tell them that you know, you're trying to stay out of trouble. They want to keep you out of trouble because you live in the neighborhood. They know you. They recognize you. They see you throwing rocks and, you know, riding your bike. They know who you are. They want to keep you out of trouble. Buy cereal. That's right. <laughs> the old man. <laughs> it's funny. Business, I call him the old man. Business genius, right? Business genius and the most horrible business person we've <laughs> <moment>, know. <laughs> I love you, Pops. But uh, when it comes to growing the business, it wasn't your forte. However, the seeds and the foundation that we have today is because of you. Always, you know, he did always have fantastic business ideas. Yes. Definitely always had really good ideas. It was putting those ideas into practice and turning them into sustainable businesses that, you know, the fact is... Whoops, went away from the mic for a second there. First podcast mistakes. First podcast, yeah. First podcast yeah, here we go yeah, we, we, we go. can edit this out later yeah <laughs> <laughs> um business ideas he was great at the business ideas but you know he didn't have a team around him no. to really create businesses yes, yes yes right he really didn't have a team he depended on us 10 11 14 16 year old kids who really would rather be at home getting thrown off a roof or hanging out with, I don't know which girlfriend it was at the time. Oh. Yeah, player. <laughs> Playboy. <laughs> um, you know, it, it, we would have rather been doing anything than starting a business. Right. But dad had those business ideas all the time. He just needed a team. Yeah. And that's one thing that we've done differently. That is definitely something we've done differently. We've, we've surrounded with ourselves with people who are smarter than us to help build something that's greater than us, there to help go. a number of people. So, yeah. And that's, you know, and that goes, that goes to you to speak to you as well. Uh, you know, all these different trades and professions and credentials and licenses and everything that you have, every single one of them you use to help people. You help people save money or get more money from their taxes. You help people to find their dream homes. I mean, mean, that's hard to do here in San Diego. These prices are crazy. But, you know, the homes that they they can afford that they really, you know, that they love. In other parts of the country, it's their dream's home. It's their dream home. Absolutely true. In San Diego, they dream about having a home so (laughs) it's a little bit different but you know it's it's still it's still a lot of you know same same concept the idea that great market trying to help people is is the key and that's basically what we want to do with this podcast right i mean this first one was very very uh i guess i would say narcissistic we're talking about us the whole time but the idea is to kind of give you a background of what we are who we are and where we come from so that, you know, in episode two, episode three, episode four, we start talking about other different topics. And hopefully you learn from our experiences. Hopefully you listeners out there are, are thinking, you know what? 
I'm thinking about buying a business. I'm thinking about getting into business. I'm thinking about starting a business. I'm thinking about investing in something. You know, maybe I can hear an idea here. Maybe it's not everything that clicks, but something in this podcast will help you make a better decision. So you can avoid making the mistakes we made and, you know, be better than us because of us. You know, don't, you know, what what's what's the saying? It's I think it's something like uh uh, a smart person learns from their mistakes, but a genius learns from the mistakes of others. Something along those lines, yeah. Right? So, you know, that's that's our hope for you going forward, uh, That something that you get out of it from us. We definitely have quite a bit to say. You know, we, we're planning this thing out. I don't know how many podcasts you've started to listen to. I personally, every time I start a podcast, I go back to episode one because I hope to hear who these people are. Yeah. Right? Uh, who am I listening to? Why Why am I listening to them? You know, can I connect with them? Is it somebody that I can relate to? So one of the things that we're hoping is that you can see uh, from listening that we're real, right? We're not, uh, we, we're not just real, but we're in the beginning stages. We're not the type of people that, like I said, are out there flipping 100 homes a week or 100 homes a year or whatever it is. Uh, we're small time, we're just getting started, and we're inviting people to be on this journey with us. Hop on the bandwagon, just be on the ride. At the very least, if you're if you're listening, you get to hear our ride, and if you want to jump on and go along the same path, it's already there. You know what we've done, because we're going to tell you what we've, been, what we've done, and we're going to tell you what we're doing. You know, I mean, wouldn't you like to know what the market looks like today if you're going to start a construction business, if you're going to be in real estate, if you're going to start trading stocks. I mean, all these different topics, you would like to have a background. It's it's like I tell people all the time, like imagine yourself playing poker online, right? Everybody at one point was playing poker online and they were doing it for free. And for free, Nobody takes, or everybody takes huge risks for free. Nobody, nobody cares, right? I'm all in on this hand. I'm all in on oh, this Oh, yeah, hand. when you're it playing online fake right? poker, yeah, fake but, money poker. But put in five bucks and oh, play for pennies. all of a sudden. You know, you're playing for pennies, but the fact that you have some skin in the game makes a huge difference. It does. Right? And, and that's kind of how it is in real life. If you are going to invest in something, it means you have that. Put up some money, and when you're going to put up some money, you want to have the best education possible, and you want to learn from experience. Hopefully, we're giving you our experience, and that can go a long way when it comes to your investments. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. I think that's a wrap for episode one. All right. Let's listen to it and hear how bad we did. All right. All right. So, by the way, <laughs> hey. you can follow us on Facebook at See Us First, uh, Instagram See Us First, or uh, find us on Snapchat. My Snapchat is Hernan See Us. Do you have a Snapchat? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. But we have a website too. Yeah, you can go to our website, www.csfirst.com. Right now it's our real estate website, but it's currently being revamped so you can find a bunch of other stuff. And ultimately you'll find our podcast there too. So see us first for real estate, see us first for taxes, see us first for insurance, see us first for all of your business, financial, personal needs. That's right. See us first. All right, people. Have a good day. Peace. And I'm out. Go back.